Welcome back to Talk of the Town on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC on WHTC.com and on the WHTC app for your smartphone. Once again, here's your host, Gary Stevens. Welcome back to Talk of the Town for this Tuesday, February 6th. Tuesday mornings at this time, we spend some time with the master gardener, Jan Musen from DeBrine Seed, Washington Elm in downtown Zealand. DeBrineSeed.com is the webpage to uh, make your order for seeds for 2024 or even now. Seeds always a good time uh, uh, to plant them. You can plant them indoors now and get ready to transplant them. A little bit later on in the year. Chan's on the other end of our Google Meet connection as she is from the Mr. Butterball building in downtown Zealand. Good morning, Jan. Good morning. Glad you are with us. Uh, I, I I should say it is the Mr. Butternut building because, you know, we don't yeah. want to forget our friend. You know, but Mr. Butterball has done a nice job as the uh, Neutro spokes cat uh, taking over those duties over the last couple of years. So... Uh, yeah, he, he's done his job. Pretty big pause to fill, yeah. And he has p- filled them quite admirably. Thank you very much. 616-395-1450. If you have a question for the Master Gardener, 616-395-1450. A week ago, we had quite a few questions, Jan. Uh, yes, we are in the first Tuesday in February, but people's thoughts are now on dealing with their yards and their gardens. Certainly, uh, maybe the discussion last week was more of a case of we're getting cabin fever because of all the cold and snow. (laughs) I think now it's a case of it's warming up. I'm looking at double nickels as a high on Thursday, uh, which is nice, feels comfortable. I like warmth. Warmth is good. The only problem is... Let's not get it too warm too soon, or welcome back to 2014 when we had a STEM fest in the first weekend in May. Uh, Yes, that is a big (laughs) problem. (laughs) There is a reason why we do have winter in February and not not spring. Um, Yeah. So there is, uh, you know, obviously uh, uh, we do have the seasonal road. Uh, weight restrictions on roads now. That means uh, uh, some of the roads are going to be a little bit mushy. Also, it's a little bit mushy to try to address things on your lawn. Uh, don't stamp around right now because uh, it's it, 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 it's not it's not great yet. No, it's a, a little wet outside if you walk on your grass, and we don't want to walk on anything wet because that compacts the soil later on. So don't walk out there if it's a little bit wet. Um, I walked over to my neighbor's last night and I, of course I cut through yards to get there. And all I know is there's an awful lot of twigs and branches down off the trees, but um, their lawns are pretty, pretty firm yet. But if it are, if they are a little soft, don't, walk on them yet and and don't i know sometimes you might see a little you know little bump on your lawn and you might want to walk on that because that usually means that's a mole run <laughs> yes. that usually means we've got a critter we don't want there yeah so yeah you can but, walk on that little mound that might help a little bit 
Yeah, you can you can walk on that, and you know you can put a little uh, one a mole worm down there and cover it up, and and hopefully you'll get uh, a dead mole there soon. Six one six three nine five fourteen fifty. Let's get to the phones. Good morning. You're on the line with the Master Gardener, Jan Musen. Yeah, Jan. This is Carl. I talked to you last week about growing lettuce. Yeah. I bought some little four-inch pots. <clears throat> I just wonder if I could grow grow that lettuce in them pots. Sure. Why not? So <clears throat> they're probably three, four inches deep. So could I put, like, little potting soil on the bottom and then put that seeding soil on top of that? Usually you just use all the seeding soil, but um, if you mix it up a little bit, you know, so it's, just so it's a lighter soil, um, lightweight okay. soil where they have to where they have to germinate is the is the major thing. So yeah, you could probably put a little potting soil at the bottom. Okay. All right, good. Thanks, Jan. Yep, have fun. All right. Thank you very much for the call. 616-395-1450. If you have a question for the master gardener, Jan Musen, 616-395-1450. And speaking about planting things indoors, that's one of the things that's going on at the Bryant's this week, indoor planting stations. Yes, we have like, um, oh, there's, there's a couple different ones. The, we've got the arrow garden right now that's going on in the store. I've got lettuce planted in there right now, and it's been fun to eat lettuce out of there all so far all winter long. I've been chopping down lettuce out of there, but we also have the germination station and the nano garden. There's a bunch of different ones. We've got heat pads, both ones that are sized to go under a, a normal size flat. We also have narrower ones that will go up like on a windowsill if you want to start some Again, like maybe four-inch pots up on the windowsill. It's always nice to have the soil heated from below where it stays warm. The seeds will germinate quicker because they do like to germinate in warm soil. We also have the seed-starting soil. We have the seeds. We have um, the lights that you need to, if you want to put a light over, grow light over it. Um, remember, we do have shorter days yet. Um you know, in day length than we would say in June. So putting a light over them, you know, in the evening to extend the day is a wonderful idea, but we've got it all right here. You can, you can be eating lettuce every day too out of your kitchen garden, um, or you can just do some herbs or, you know, maybe some, some greens, whatever you want to do. It's fun to do. You're not over the snap peas, are you? Um, and <laughs> <laughs> I know a couple of years ago, you were just talking up a storm about those snap peas. <laughs> I love the snap peas, but this year I think I'm going to, I still love the flat potted ones. So I think this spring I'm going to do the flat potted ones. And then in the fall, I'm going to do my beloved snack hero snap peas. Um, love those. Okay. Things. I just want to make sure that uh, yeah. it's not like, you know, some, you know, like my wife, my lovely wife that uh, she'll have certain cravings like, uh, 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 like for a month or so, she, we had to get chip, chips and dip. Why chips and dip? <laughs> and then she had a little phase of, we got to get some tacos, you know, you know, crunchy taco Supremes, you know, got to get those. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Or, you know, get the bagels and, and have uh, cream cheese and bacon bits on. You need to have that every day. 
So I, I didn't know whether or not snap peas was one of those little phases you went in and out of. Well, I'll tell you, fresh peas in the spring, and I don't care what kind of peas they are, I just, I can hardly wait until they're big enough to harvest. I love those things. One other thing, too, and then we'll take a break, Jan. Um, there is, of course, some signs of spring that come up. Uh, sometimes it's a little shoot of a plant. Uh, sometimes it's birds that uh, you hadn't seen around. They're back and, you know, they come yep. back into town. For me, it's the sound. It, it's more of sounds. Maybe because I work in the sound industry. Yeah. Sounds of chirping birds that are, you know, you normally don't hear yep. that much in the winter. You don't. Yeah, you're right. And another sound that you normally don't hear because people usually take them in for the winter and they'll bring them up in the spring. Wind chimes. Yeah. That's a sound sound of spring and you got wind chimes. Yeah, we um accidentally got some Oops. a month or so ago. Um and we didn't know when we just hung them up in the store and they sold within ten minutes. <laughs> so we decided to get a few more and we've got a few in here. They are absolutely beautiful sounding. They're not don't just clank, they're actually tuned to be a note as you um as they're hit and you know there's one that's tuned to be um amazing grace and we've got pachelbel's cannon and it's it's really fun to listen to these we've got them so when the door opens you can hear them just they're very beautiful they're worth every penny we've got shorter ones we've got longer ones um got some in copper we've got they're absolutely beautiful um make a great valentine's gift i think but it, yeah definitely a sign of spring yeah besides sounds that usher in spring some might say smells too um certainly driving through farm area there is the pungent odor that we have to put up with so that we have nice, nutritious food and healthy animals that are eating good greens later on. So it's a little inconvenience now for you know, for good things later on. But another sign of spring is the arrival of our bird, our, our fine feathered fiends and friends too. Uh, <laughs> part of them, of course, is the migrating birds. Do we start seeing our first of the hardy migrating birds this month, or are we still maybe a month away? Well, we're probably a month away yet, but who knows? I mean, with the weather like it is, if it's warm all the way down south, I would say, yeah, they'll be heading back soon. Part of perhaps attracting some of those migrating birds, having the proper food in your feeders. Yes, that's a big thing. Um, certain birds like certain things, and cardinals are one that really like the sunflower and safflower. They've got a big beak. It's meant for crushing seeds open so they can open it up and get out the inside and spit out the, the shell. Um, that is perfect for a cardinal. But if you're, you know... Um, you're getting some of the littler birds. They might appreciate 
just putting down the, the sunflower chips, the inside of the sunflower, so they don't have to sit there and try open them up. Um, so knowing what food is right for what what bird you want, and then you also have to kind of make the feeder fit the feed also. And and the cardinal, the cardinal weighs as much as five nickels, which is a heavy bird. So if you got one of those uh, feeders that shuts off when too much weight gets on it, you may want to adjust that up a little bit because they are heavy. But they also need a flat place to land on because they're so heavy and they have a big chest. Um, they don't really like to be on a little perch. They'd like to be on a flat surface. So, you know, to get that flat surface, you'll get the Cardinals will appreciate you so much more. Yeah. No, the problem is then, you know, as we are, if we have, as we have seen <laughs> in terms of feeding ducks, and other birds, if you feed them too much, they're too heavy, they can't fly. I don't think we have to worry about that with the cards, do we? <laughs> uh, no, no. They they know a little bit better. Birds seem to instinctively know um, you know, when to uh when to cut it off. Um so Yeah, we just don't want to have to worry about now, you know, we have ducks, we have to worry about them being, you know, not flying anymore. Turkeys, of course, can't fly. Uh uh the chickens don't fly too well. Uh, do we have, I didn't want to have to worry about the Cardinals. Yeah, no, we don't have to worry about Cardinals. And unless, you know, maybe there might be one wacko one somewhere <laughs> that just keeps eating. You never know. Yeah. He wants to be a lineman for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, no, I don't yeah. think so. <laughs> uh, or even ball state, uh, 616-395-1450. If you have a question for the master gardener, Jan Musen, 616-395-1450. You do have some uh, bird seed on sale over at the Brines right, right now. Yes, we do. Our Supreme, which never goes on sale, is right now on sale. So um, grab it while you can get it on sale. Ken put it $2 a bag off for the 40-pound bag. So uh, come on in. You'll never see that again. I was making the signage for the new, for it's now 1649. And I was looking a year ago, it was 2298 a bag. So now we're at 1649. That's quite a difference from a year ago. So what a difference a year makes. Yeah. Make sure you feed up on the birds. The birds will certainly appreciate, uh, you know, having discount food <laughs> available yeah, to them. Even as it gets warmer, I still have I still have my little juncos on the ground eating, and I still have, you know, my little birds, my chickadees and nuthatches are up in the feeder. Um, so they're still out there, not in the huge numbers as they were when it was really cold and snowy out, but they're still there. So, and they still would appreciate that little snack. So, are we also six weeks away from maybe uh, uh, getting the nectar ready and the uh, uh, humbug ready? For the hummingbirds? <laughs> Hummers usually come around um, tulip time is when they okay. show up around here. They really need uh, flowers and, and things blooming before they get up here. Oh. But um, the Orioles will be here before uh. the hummingbirds. Do. Yes. So yes. that's the one we get ready first. So, yeah. But they're not up here yet. They're, they're the really warm weather 
fiends also. Wise, because why why come up here now and then all of a sudden you get a blast of winter and it these little birdies, you know, they're not ready for it. <laughs> they, yeah, I mean, I remember when I was in the Bahamas once at this botanical garden and they had a winter, they said, where they actually had one night that went to 32 degrees and all the bottle brush bushes dropped all of their flowers and they just picked up dead hummingbirds everywhere. So they do not like that uh, cold weather. No, don't blame them. Do not blame them at all. Now, one other thing that's on sale that Ken put on sale, uh, deer blocks. Yeah. All of a sudden they went on sale too. The trophy deer rock and then the corn apple block, I I believe it is. Um, Both went on sale. They're both $2 off their normal price. So, Hey, now is a good time to uh, come and pick those up if you want one of those. Well, no, no, this somebody clarify this because I'm not a hunter, and I, you know, we're past the rut, so it's not deer hunting season. We're not trying to attract the deer, you know, so we can blast away or fire the fire the slings and arrows at them. But, no, you can't. You can't hunt over uh, in a, a pile or a or a deer block. Um, you can put out there kind of a salt thing in there, trace minerals, things like that in there. Um, we can say they're for the squirrels, so we won't call them a deer block. We'll call okay. them a squirrel okay. block. Could, could they also be sort of like uh, you know? We want the deer to stay away from our bulbs, so we throw these out. Hey, here, here's your food there. Go over there. Don't go go yeah, to our Go bulbs. over there and stay away from our my arborvitae bushes. Yes. <laughs> you never know. You know, it's, it's, you got you got it. it you you got can it. always hope that they will stay away. But yeah, in, yeah they they can be a they can be a problem. 616-395-1450. If you have a question for the master gardener, Jan Musen, 616-395-1450. We've gotten calls. Over the past few weeks, not only uh, probably you got more on the Jan Musen Gar- uh, Garden Show Saturday mornings at 11 here on WHTC, speaking about hydrangeas. Yes. And so you have a couple of things talking a little bit about that right now. One question yes, that looks the- like, you know, why is not the hydrangea blooming? Now, Grant, we're yeah. in winter time. Should it be blooming? Well, yeah, okay. So it's not blooming now, but they always have this, you know, my hydrangea didn't bloom well enough. You know, what's going on with it? Um, Most of the time, the answer is you trim the bush at the wrong time and you cut off the buds. That's basically the main reason. There are other reasons for that. Um, You, um, it may not be old enough, um, Hydrangeas will not start to bloom until they're two to five years old. So just be patient on some of them. Another reason might be deer damage, you know, maybe that you didn't even know of that the deer are sitting there chewing on those buds. That might be it also. And sunlight. We like to think of hydrangeas as shade plants, but they do need some sunlight and actually the east side of your house where it will get at least four hours of morning sunlight is perfect. They don't like sunlight in the hottest part of the day. So don't get it planted out in the middle of the yard where it's going to get full sunshine, you know, from 10 o'clock in the morning until 
six o'clock at night. That's way too much. It won't bloom then. But if you can plant it on the east side of the house where it gets morning sun or in a location where it only gets four hours of sunlight a day, it's perfect. It will love you for that. What about colors? Um, yeah, in colors, everybody wants, you know, um, pink and blue hydrangeas. And everyone seems to want the blue hydrangeas. Now, um, there's only certain hydrangeas that will do this, but um, the big leaf one will not do it. But um, it's easier to change a hydrangea from pink to blue than it is from blue to pink. Um, and both endeavors, and everyone thinks it's just soil pH, and it's not. It's really how much... Um, copper or not copper aluminum is in the soil so um if you want to change it from pink until to blue we do have something that has aluminum in it and that will help change that from pink until blue but don't don't expect it overnight it's got it will take a little bit so it's got to come from and, the inside with this aluminum it's not like you put foil out there and it'll change automatically would it no no <laughs> no it will not change automatically and pennies nails aluminum foil or coffee grounds in the soil will not change the color oh i was thinking about a way to uh recycle the coffee that I've been using you know, with my Keurig uh, machines, you know, <laughs> after you're done with it, open up the cup and <laughs> get the grounds in there. That's one way of recycling. <laughs> you can put coffee grounds on the garden. Um, it won't hurt it. Um, you don't want a huge layer of it, mm -hmm. but you can put, you know, some coffee grounds around your plants. Um, there are some plants like tomatoes and peppers you would not ever put it down. But you can put down coffee grounds. Just remember, if you put them down before they've been composted, um, you know, you're going to take nitrogen out of the soil to break it down. So it's one of those things. You know, if you you can put coffee grounds on your um, or in your compost pile, that would be perfect. Jan, we are well aware that... Uh... Squirrels are not your, let's just say, they're cute, they're cuddly for some people. Uh, you can live without them, right? <laughs> well, yeah, they're not my favorite thing in the world, but they are for a lot of people. A lot of people, you know, this is the the one wild animal that most people see on a daily basis. Most people don't see any other wild animal except for a squirrel and um, you know, when the squirrels dig for food, they actually aerate the soil, which promotes better vegetable growth. And the nuts and seeds that they hide and forget usually are eaten by somebody else, which is good, or they might grow into new plants. Um, they also eat insects, including tree-infesting beetles and grubs in the ground. Um, and their unused nests are almost always reused by other animals. And, you know... They are cute. Okay. But there are some things that you can do. For those of you who like to take care of the squirrels, there are certain types of uh, ways you can uh, uh, take them. Um, first of all, you talk about nests. And what type of nests do they have? And you say they you know, they can be reused. Now, uh, 
I I know some real estate brokers around here that can, you know, will sell them and uh, use nest. <laughs> I would think we could try that. Yes, um, <laughs> but they have two two different types of nests. They the one nest is you know the one nest you see in all the cartoons where they go in is in the in the tree in a hole in the tree that's made by a woodpecker or some damage or whatever. Um, that's probably their their preferred home. But they will build a house with um, sticks and twigs and moss and leaves and whatever else they can find. And they, the, those are those things that you go, you can see right now that are up in the top of the trees. Um, and they're quite big. They're, they're not small. I mean, they have to be, you know, sometimes they can get up to two feet wide. And that's like their, their home. But they also make like a vacation home somewhere else. You know, if they're busy, you know, like in the park, you know, picking up seeds and hiding them and they get tired, they'll have a build a vacation home in a different tree. So, you know, they usually have two or three different nests, whether they be in the tree or made a nest um, out of the the, uh, the uh, branches. And in the spring, when we see branches small branches like 12 inches long down on the ground it's usually because the squirrels have chewed it off and they've dropped it and then they just leave it um they don't go back and pick them up so not everyone is used lazy squirrels yeah they're they're slothful you know they just cause them they're like kids you know they cause a mess and then mom they don't pick it up yes They don't pick it up. See, that's now one of my one of my reasons I don't like squirrels. Now um, we know why. Well, these are chipmunks, actually, but why Ross Bagdasarian uh, uh, came up with Alvin and the chipmunks because you know they'd probably do the same things. <laughs> cause oh, a I'm mess. sure. <laughs> they yes, cause. they just cause a mess, and they don't pick it up. That's a big thing. Um, and and they eat your bird seed, and I don't like it when my squirrels get in the bird feeders. That's right, because you're not feeding them. You're feeding the birds. They're, they're pigs. They, they like scoop it out and they drop it, and it's just a mess. And they'll just clean out a feeder in a night. Um, okay, so how do you prevent it? Okay, we need to put up on your bird feed feeders. You need to put those. And remember, squirrels are have actually they're quite intelligent and can figure out how to get to one. They can jump ten feet, so you need to put a feeder at least 10 feet away from a tree where they can jump um, and put a squirrel baffle on it. If you can't do that, so they can't get around it. You can put a squirrel baffle under it, over it, maybe both get one of those feeders that shuts off if too much weight's on it. So they can't get up. So, but focus on where you put it. That's the big thing. Can a squirrel jump to here from somewhere else? You got to think like a squirrel and you know what? Feed the squirrels something else somewhere else, like sunflower seeds or peanuts. Put a pile of them somewhere else for the squirrels, and maybe they might forget, you know, that little crap that's in the bird feeder. they got better stuff over here. Might be something to do. And also, we've talked about this before, about uh, uh, maybe putting some uh, hot peppers in with the bird feed. That's a wonderful idea. Um, that works best if you've got something like it's got um, black oil sunflower with a shell on it. Um, they have to put it in their mouth. And honestly, they don't like that hot peppery taste. Um, so 
anything that we can get. Um, there's a we have a flaming squirrel sauce that you can pour over your seeds and mix it in and on top of all the seed. Or we've got the hot meats and the hot hot uh, peanuts and we've got all that stuff. So the squirrels do not eat it, but the birds don't have taste buds, so it doesn't they, doesn't bother them at all. Do sometimes yep. some of these cagey squirrels uh, they sort of shove away some of this uh, hot stuff so they can get to the good stuff. Can they be smart enough to do that? Oh, yeah, they're pretty devious. And yes, they, <laughs> they can think of, they, they'll get around almost anything, but it's kind of fun just trying to play with them, see what they can't get at. Um, it's, it's one of those things that sometimes you just got to learn to live with them. Just like I have to learn to live with ducks eating all the bird feed. Mm. Um, sometimes we have to look at the squirrels too. Um, they, they do uh, bother my feeders occasionally, but my squirrels have basically been taken care of by the neighborhood hawks. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know, that those predators, you know, the hawks and the, and the owls, uh, you know, they're, 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 they, they, they do want they to have go after squirrels. Yep. They have to go get the squirrels. Uh, let's wrap up uh, something. Let's wrap our, up our discussion, Jan, with something that will begin 10 days from now. The Great Backyard Bird Count. It begins on the 16th of February. Yes. Um, you can go online to birdcount.org, and you can sign up and get – they'll tell you exactly what you need to do. But decide where you want to watch the bird. They want to have you watch what, at least one time for 20 minutes – wherever you want to go, whether it's in your backyard or whether you want to go to the park or the beach or wherever, 20 minutes, count all the birds that you see. Um, if you don't really know all the birds, they'll suggest you get the Merlin Bird app, which is free. And the Merlin Bird app can tell you what kind of bird it is by the sound. You know, it will, you can, you know, describe it. It will bring up what it might be. It's a wonderful, wonderful app for those people that aren't quite sure on what bird that is. Um, but I enjoy doing this. I do it every morning for four days. Just sit there with your cup of coffee and watch your bird feeders in the backyard. And I just sit there and write them all down. Great fun. I enjoy this every year. And it really does give a lot of information to the Audubon Society and the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. Um, it gives them a lot of information of where the birds are right now. It gives them a good snapshot. Okay, now I, I do correct me if I'm wrong on this advice here, but for those who want to get involved with counting birds, um, I'm going to use the analogy of those who wish to do Bible reading for a year. And they're all excited. They'll go steam through Genesis and they'll steam through uh, uh, <laughs> Exodus. And then they start hitting, uh, 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 oh. you know, Joshua <laughs> and Leviticus yeah, yeah. and Numbers and Deuteronomy. And then all of a sudden, bleh. bird count. It's nice. Sit in the backyard, look at the little birdies and all there. I suggest do not try to do a bird count on wires. You are just <laughs> going to be completely flabbergasted in when you start counting and there's maybe several dozen on a wire. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. No. And then they all fly away and then 
a whole bunch more come in. Yeah, so that would be a little overwhelming. That's why I like to do my backyard bird feeders. <laughs> I don't get a ton of birds, yes, at yeah. one time. No, and no, they are not going to get graded, and you're not going to win a prize for counting the most birds. <laughs> no, no, no. That is, again, no. birdcount.org is the website to be involved with the Great Backyard Bird Count from the 16th through the 19th of this month. Jan Musen returns Saturday mornings with the Jan Musen Garden Show coming up this Saturday at 11 a.m. here on WHTC. She returns with Dan Evans with the uh, Garden Party segment on WHTC's Morning News around 845. Then back with us next Tuesday morning from 10 to 11 with the Yard and Garden Hour. Jan, wish you and everybody at DeBrine well. I look forward to chatting with you again next week. Okay, sounds good. Thank you very much, Jan Musen on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC. Again, DeBrine Seeds number 616-772-2316, 616-772-2316, and online at DeBrineSeed.com.